Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Brian Foster on Kardak Radio, presenting the program Spiritism and the Spirit World Around Us. Hello, this is Brian Foster, and we are on our Sunday night program every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, all time zones in between and around the, the whole world. We are broadcasting live on Facebook in the Facebook group Spiritism and the Spirit Row around us. Please put this mark your calendars. You can listen to us on live on Facebook, write comments, ask questions. You can also listen to us 24-7, not me, but a lot of actually much better spiritist speakers on Kardec Radio. And that is you can download that Kardec Radio from your App Store or your uh, Play Store on either Android or, uh, or uh, Apple device. Just look up Kardec, K-A-R-D-E-C, radio, and you can download that app. And then you can listen to us 24 hours a day. There's always a program uh, going on all about spiritism. So it's, it's a great station. We have more and more listeners all the time. It's People are coming from all over the world, and it's wonderful. I, I hear people's write me and say, yeah, I listen to you on Kardec Radio. So that's that's wonderful. So tonight is an exciting co- topic. It's, it's about the lower zone. Now, so the topic is freeing 144,000 from the city of the mind. It's a city in the lower zone. So first, what is the lower zone? Spiritism tells us there are there are three main zones around the earth. There's heaven, and there's many levels of heaven uh, above that. And then the lower zone. The lower zone starts on the surface of the earth and goes up to the first level of heaven. And as Chico Xavier, the wonderful uh, late uh, Brazilian medium, used to say the lower zone starts at the tip of your nose. So that's just. So what does that mean? So that means that there are spirits all around us. So as we walk through... As we walk around, there are spirits, just like in the movies, right? There are spirits, and there's, and there's mediums who can see spirits. And they will tell you, there's, you, know, there's, you know, there are dead people walking around. And they can, communicate, they can read your mind. They can see what's in your mind. They can try to give you ideas. And there are spirits that you know, want to help you, and there are spirits that mean to do you harm. So these are, we live in the sea of spirits. And I know this is fantastic to many people, but... It is true, and that's why there's a lot of different phenomena uh, that people understand. And some people are sensitive, and they can see this. So, and then below the lower zone is uh, what spiritism calls the dark abyss. And that is more of a, uh, of a purgatory. Now, of course, in the lower zone and in the dark abyss, no one is there forever. It's not like what some people think is that, you know, when you go to hell, you're doomed to an eternity of punishment. No. God is great. Jesus is wonderful. They all want us to improve. So the lower zone and the dark abyss is there to allow people to improve. So they, given the law of affinity, they go to the lower zone or even below. And you know what? Yes, the law of affinity means like with like. So they they get to be with people just like them. See how that feels, right? So this is a story from G. Val Owens, uh, Beyond the Veil. And it's about freeing 144,000 from the city of the mines. And the reason it is so exciting is because 
It tells you a lot about spirits and their capabilities. It tells you about high spirits and the lower spirits. It tells you, it tells you also the, the frame of mindset and what happens to people who can't, who can't, who can't cast off their material aspects, their, you know, their jealousy and hatred, thirst for revenge. It, you know, what happens to them? And, you know, and so this is a, a good story for all of us to understand and know that at the end, though, always keep in mind that everyone in, will improve and all it takes is for you to start changing your attitude and your character. So let's get to it. So the freeing of 144,000 in the city of the mind. So a group of high spirits were sent from the 10th level of heaven. And they journeyed down to the lower zone, and they were sent on orders from above to free souls who had been trapped in a wretched life of materialism and base emotions, and were ready to peer upwards for the light for inspiration. And at the end of their mission, the high spirits had amassed 144,000 people from the lower regions of the spirit realm and led them to a new city. Now, high spirits are powerful entities, but even they who are high to our perspective are directed by even superior beings, commanded by orders and other subtle beings to carry out the conversion and rescue of souls living in the darkness. So before coming to the city of minds, the group had touched other outposts of darkness. They learned from each encounter. This is what the leader of the high spirits told the Reverend G. Owen in during a session. In, uh, when G. Owen was a medium who psychographed he was an Anglican priest. I'm coming out with a uh, three books about him, uh, which I think you should see that are very interesting. And this is during the session of January 1918. This is what this is what he was told. As we went about those parts on our business of health and mercy, we found our prearranged plan had been very curiously made for us. Each colony we visited gave to our store of knowledge some experience, a step in advance. So that we, as ministered to others, we ourselves are ministered to through them by those who watch over their welfare and our schooling. So what does that mean exactly? So that means the spiritus has revealed to us that our life is predetermined. We have free will in our choices and attitude, but we shall face the episodes of life that has been chosen for us. Very little left to chance for us, and copious amounts of planning are invested to chart our course in life. This is not only true as us incarnates on earth, it's true actually in the spiritual, to a lesser degree. There is when they, they look at you, they, they, they look at your progress, they don't plan out every moment. Uh, but for high spirits going and freeing these other spirits, they will, they will make sure they go through a little bit of learning and experience first before they have to do their main task. So they're always on the watch out to help and facilitate uh, success. So when they are sent on a mission, the target is indeed vital, but the spirit does nothing with also instilling an edifying aspect to whatever the person or group undertaking the task experiences. And the overall theme is simple, right? The spirit world wants opportunities for improvement for everyone. The plot twists and counterplots to twist it. to achieve this are incredibly complex. So this is why we can take this as a lesson why us on earth. This is why when you feel the onslaught of hard times, know well that your current pit of troubles isn't by but chance but a lesson, a happenstance that is not random, but in reality planned, set before you for a purpose. And you, you can read more about uh, the types of drama hurled our way. I have a book called The Problem is the Solution, talking about what type of problems you have and how, how that could have been caused in the past life. 
So, the group starts traveling through various villages and encampments in the lower zone, provided the preparation and hardening required to make them ready for the most difficult assignment. It wasn't just that each location had a local boss. The most cunning and dominating of characters usually usually rose to the top. So, this, again, this shows you the how the how you know how these bosses make it. So it's just like you know the mafia here or you know gang infested places in 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 the world is the most ruthless rise to the top in the lower zone. That there is an organization in the lower zone as you'll find out from the city of the mines, but it's it's you know it's based on cruelty and power. And usually the cruel lord kept his subjects um, in check by fear. So the difficulty wasn't overpowering the dictator of the location. It was how to lessen and remove the fear to allow his subject to glimmer of light to sink in so they could make a decision to flee to freedom and goodness or remain behind. So the group went through some, some areas. They went to this. They finally, they kept learning how to speak to people, how to work with people in the lower zone because, you know, these people are, are a bit confused. It's, it's not easy. And they approached the gates of the city of the mines. And this is how it's described. So this is what he says. We found that the colony, there was one there was one mastermind in charge, and here and there, more on, on nearly equal enforcefulness of character, who dominated the rest and enslaved them by the dread he set forth upon them. And here is one whose city we came to after a long journey through a very desolate and forsaken country. The city itself was built about with a strong wall. This is all of the lower zone. This is from the, the earth up to the level of heaven. It's all around us. But we can't see it, right? Because spiritism tells us we can only see about one-eighth of where we are at. We went within and was challenged by a guard at the gateway. There was a company of ten there on guard, for, for the gate was principal and large with double wings. These, so it sounds almost like during the medieval times, doesn't it? These men were all of giant stature, having much developed in their wickedness. Now, why were they giant stature? Because you are what you feel you are. We did that, talked about that last week. You are what you feel you are. If you feel you're a giant and powerful and mean, you look giant, powerful, and mean. So they called upon us and stayed in questions. And they said, whence came, whence came we last? Means, where did you come from? And we said, well... We're going our ways about the wilderness. And then the captain said, what business do you propose here? And he said, well, and the head, head spirit says, we have a mission to the workers in the mines where your master enslaves them. And again, this captain of the guard says, well, you know, this is a very engaging end for your company. Those poor souls who work so hard, they must be ready for any good friend. So the, he's being sarcastic, right? This is, this is some. And he goes, and, and then the high spirit says, and some... Be also ready to part hence free of the yoke of your Lord, which each in degree is bond upon you. So, this captain of the guard for this city of the mines in the lower zone, he, 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 you know, he said his face changed, right? He's changed from smiling to one dark frowning, and his teeth showed like the teeth of a hungry wolf. And moreover, with a change of mood, there seemed to send a darker mist and settle about him. He said, Do you say I am enslaved also? And then the, 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 a very slave and bond for your master, a slave himself and a driver of slaves, that he shall make you as one of us, for you shall come to shortly for those who did gold and iron for our Lord. And so that, that he said, no, I'm going to seize you now. So with this, he turned about and he said, okay, guards, seize that group of spirits. 
But then, now this is where it gets interesting. So High Spirit said, then he said, High Spirit stood, this is what he said, I stood near a little nearer to him and laid my hand upon his right wrist. And the contact was agony to him, so he let go his short sword, which he had drawn quickly upon us. I still held him while the oars of him and me made disturbance about his soul, but not to mine. I went unscathed by he was anguished. So spirits, dynamics, this to be studied if you choose among your own incarnate neighbors. So a higher spirit, when she touches the lower spirit, especially in Arizona, it just feels this rush of, of power. And it's the rush of goodness can just cause complete agony to a poor lower spirit. So a mere touch and the battle was over. So the high spirits came into the gate, just touched, touched the cap of the garden. Okay, you know, you win. It was that easy. So that captain of the guard, he had been one in lower zone for quite some time. Since he had physically made himself imposing, was not unmindful of the power of thought, even in that cold, dark city. He was instantly disarmed by spiritual superiority. So what is spiritual superiority? Well, what is this power of goodness? So Spearson tells us <clears throat> that everyone is partly good, even the guard at the gate. Everyone is partly good and partly absence of good. And that there is no such thing as evil itself, for evil is actually the ignorance and absence of good. When the void of goodness is touched by the force of light and love, the pain of being empty can be severe. That is why the Catholic guard was in agony. So we on earth, we believe in the power of love and goodness. It does affect us. Think of the image of the lone student in front of the tank at Tiananmen Square in Beijing, China, during the brief demonstrations for freedom. While the rulers risked to cross all opposition, they knew they couldn't cross a pure desire for freedom outright. Gandhi and Martin Luther King both demonstrated the potential for passive love and yearning for justice and changing the world. Morality is within us and is our conscience. It's a gift from God. The founding fathers of the United States were correct. Mankind was created with certain unalienable rights. The supreme intelligence gave us the gift of free will which, in concert with our conscience, ultimately will lead us to a pure state, a state of love, fraternity, and honor, without rancor, hate, or envy. The trek may take many lives, but each of us will one day be victorious. We'll become a pure spirit. The poor souls in the lower zone, that's us. That's us. That's the percentage of us who, after we die, we do not ascend to heaven. Chico Xavier said, only about 30% of the people will ascend to heaven. The rest, 70% will stay in the lower zone or below. And that's there to teach us. That's there to teach us, like, do you want to be with people that are like you, right, who are sarcastic, who could be a petty criminal or, or whatever? I, I think not. So, but there's also, so that's one type of uh, spiritual superiority, but there's another one. And it's not intangible, but real. And this is in the spirit realm. As spirits ascend the levels of heaven, they become less dense and more composed of energy. Spirits aren't merely more loving and kind. They are transformed and able to channel the power of the spirit world through their will. When we, our lower spirit, touches a higher spirit without preparation by the higher spirit, it is as if we come in contact with a live wire. The electrical shock would harm us, if not kill us. The combination of energy and goodness transmitted from the high spirit to the captain paralyzed and stunned him. He was ready for any type of physical resistance, but not the overwhelming blast of energy and love which sent him reeling. The high spirit knew for a while what was happening to the half a soldier. He told him, so the high spirit said, 
Look, we're not of these dark spheres. We come from a place in sunlight of the presence of him whose life you have partaken and violated it to evil purposes. For you, it is not yet time to win freedom of these walls and tyranny of cruel masters here. And then the guard broke down and said, well, why can't I go, right? Why, why can't I be free of this hell? If others, why not I? And then the high spirit said, well, you're not yet accounted worthy. But watch what we do in this place. Do not oppose our will, your will to ours. Help us in what we have at hand to do. And when we have gone hence, then think about it. And perchance you will find us in somewhat of a blessing. So the captain of the guard thought it over. And he, and he told the spirits, okay, you follow me. I'll take you to the mountains, to the mines. And as he was talking, he was talking about the injustice of the city. And he took them through the to the hovel that lined the street. Some were mere lean-tos where the slaves could rest for a bit for the next shift. And at last, they reached the opening of the mines. And there was a dreadful odor poured out of the opening. Even the captain grimaced. And then the leader of the spirits of the captain. Seeing this, I called to him. And he halted and glanced back and upward to us. And his face was agonizing gray. So I said, why are you become so sad, my guy? You have put on a sorry aspect since you do near the mouth of these mines. And the captain said, Sir, I was once one of those who worked with pick and spade within these hell furnaces, and the fear of it comes upon me now. Then the spirit said, Then search your animal soul for a grain of pity to those who work there now, for you once suffered so solely. He sank upon the border by the side of the path, overcome of weakness, and replied to my words with the stranger words of his own. He goes, No, no. He goes, Yes, you should be pitied by them, but not by me, because their lot is hell, but mine is hell ten times doubled. And the Spirit says, and this is what's interesting about these books, the Spirit are always learning, he goes, says, how? You escaped the slavery. You know, you're in a better state of service than, than what you used to be. And then the, the captain of the guard said, I thought you were someone great in wisdom, and yet you do not understand to fly from one state of servitude to another of higher degree in authority is to put off a hair shirt for one with thorns and brambles for web and wolf. And then the high spirit says, you know, he says, well, I, felt, I felt ashamed. And I just learned that a lesson on top of others gathered of our experience in those dark tracks of hairs. He, that those who live in the darkness of death are ever reaching out after an easier fate and gasp, grasp any chance of escape from servitude by promotion in some post of authority. And when they advance to that post, they find the glamour, the glamour fade away with the miasma of fear, being more nearly in contact with the arch fiend, who by his brutality and remorseless malice has seized the chief power. So the glamour dies and hope dies with the illusion. So it's very interesting. You think about these people in, uh, you know, back in Russia during the communist times or communist China, where they sent thousands and millions to the gulags and tortured people just because they thought differently or shot them because Mao or Stalin wasn't a certain quota of people killed, that, you know, their conscience must have been struck horribly. And, you know, not that it's good at what they, they did, but that even what we think of the, these worst people would go through agony. And so, therefore, the spirits communicated the great truth to Jibao in the beginning of 1918 is that evil and criminal deeds take a terrible toll. All of us have a conscience. No matter how evil you think someone else, they have a conscience. And while we can rationally walk, 
rationalize away our errors. We know in our hearts that what we have done is wrong. It depletes us. It puts our body and soul into disharmony. When we look at the great villains of, of history and their henchmen and think them to be mindless and moral robots, completely devoid of feelings. But think of the price they pay while they live, right? And that's why we have reincarnation, because reincarnation means that's how karma works, because once you do something, uh, once you do something that is a wrongful deed, you pay for that. You pay for that either in the life you have now, or you pay for it in your next life. And that the reason we have reincarnation is for us to continually learn not is the downside of doing things that are incorrect. It's a learning process. When bad things happen to good people, it's not it's not the chaos. It's not God punishing us. It's God and Jesus and the spirit world teaching us something, teaching us that hey, this is what you you've done something like this, similar to this before. How does that feel? And then you know you never want to do that again. In your next life, hopefully, you become a better person. Some people go life after life not improving. They don't learn the lessons. That's why here we're talking to you. Hopefully you can learn the lessons from this life and know and, and then ascend, right? Become better, accept what happens, and improve yourself. So the group went down into the mines. And they looked about the mines, and it was just gloomy. It was, just, it was dark and gloomy. And it was a vast cavern underneath. And they couldn't even see how far it reached. There was, and then figures went you know, hither and thither, to and fro, all around. And some people were in chains, and there would be a, a cry of agony, and often a man would laugh, the sound of a whip. It was something out of a, a, an old you know, movie of, of, a, of a pit of poor slaves. And cruelty, they said, was, seemed to float in the air. So they looked over the expansion of the mine, and not only a series of tunnels for digging out metals, but chambers for smelting, manufacture of weapons and other articles for use, and sell by the heartless lord of the city. There's commerce even in the lower zone. And they were underground, but they met in the area where the slaves worked at extracting ore. Instead, they were inside the primitive factory so far, ran by slave labor and their overseers. So then they went further down, and opening gate after gate, they finally reached a black darkness, a, a, a hole, black hole where only eyes that have been long accustomed could see. And then the high spirit saw for a second and made a decision. And this is what he says. So having looked about me and received information from the captain, our guide, I bade him open all the gates about us and those leading to the cavern until which we first came. But then he replied, Sir, it is in my heart to do this, but I fear my lord, the chief. He's terrible in his anger, sir, and even now I have a dread upon me lest some spying hound should have thought to curry favor with him by carrying the report that had already been done. And then the High Spirit answered, It seems to me that you have been progressing speedily since we came hither to this dark city, my friend. I marked once before in advance in good feeling, but did not advertise you of it. Now I see I was in error. So this High Spirit saying, He saw a spark of good, but it's actually probably bigger than he at first thought. So I give you a choice. Think quickly and decisively. We are here to lead forth those who are ready to go a little way toward light. Will you come with us or stay and serve your present Lord? Choose quickly and presently. So then the captain thought about it and said, yes, I will do that. I'll do as you bid me. I'll open the gates. So there's all these gates in this mine. And the captain of the guard started opening all the gates. And so even as he, he did this, he 
started transforming his, his physical self. So then he went through, and the high spirit could hear him in his voice of command saying, open those gates. So he's opening all the gates. So when, when the high spirits were ready, they could lead all the other the poor slave spirits out of the mines. So the captain had made a decision, a decision that would change his destiny and start the process to let love and light into the recesses of his body where he came from, which is wonderful, is it not, is that giving him a chance to really help other people. So when the captain decided to do that, his ideas and thoughts within him began to recast what he looked like. His mind must have raced about the probabilities of the chief of the city, who was a very cruel master, defeating the high spirits and taking him to an even worse situation than before. It makes some sure with a yearning to break the bonds of anger and hate that he had to live with. So, his personality, Captain the Guard, by the stimuli of great say, suffering and anguish, was growing in kindness. By he fervently desired to break free, he also wanted others to be free. That new thought, that instinct of justice, caused his outward appearance to take on a new shape. He did not realize it, but the High Spirit saw it. So the process works the other way, too, right? Dominant thoughts from other spirits can influence up a spirit to change. In fact, there was a a passage in the book, Liberation, by the great Brazilian medium, uh, Chico Xavier, uh, Francisco C. Xavier. You can find his books on Amazon. You can also go to my site, nwspiritism.com, and on the top right, there's a picture of Alan Kardec. And you click on that, you see there's an EDICI bookstore, a spiritist bookstore. You can find all of Chico's uh, books in English and all other spiritist books in English. It's a wonderful site. And and in this book, The Liberation, Andre uh, Luis, and there's a whole series of books for Andre Luis. I recommend everybody look at that. But let me write this down um, down here so everybody can, can see it. Um, there we go. And I'll put down is uh, Francisco C. Xavier. And the first book you should you should read is is No Solar. I would recommend. It's actually a movie too. I would definitely recommend for anyone to buy the book. And you can also rent a movie called No Solar. Also, I think you can see it under Celestial City. So this book, Liberation, which is a book and a whole series of books by Andre Luis, he was down in in the depths of of uh, the dark abyss, and this one woman was being judged and she had killed her husband and her children by different husbands. She was just a really terrible person. And and the you know one of the great demon lords was there and said, you know, you you're horrible. You're you're a wolf. And then she started taking on the impressions of, you know, her, her bottom of her face. She didn't turn exactly like a wolf, but she, she became a little bit wolf like because she knew she was a horrible person. Her conscience was bothering her. And I think that's how when people started this whole thing about werewolves and, and vampires, it all became from probably people's envisions and visitations during when they were asleep down into uh, the netherworld. So, so the, these things happen. This is also backed up from, the, from Beyond the Veil in other books. 
So what happens then? So they were the doors were unlocked in the city of the mines, and the and the and then what happens is the high spirits where the they begin where the tunnels, all the mines were all the intersected. The high spirits they begin to sing. And they sang in a tone and style not known to those poor slaves in the dark, damp mine. The theme of the song was the misuse of power in the lower zone and how that attitude permeated throughout the land, affected trees, vegetation, and even the very air they breathed. That corruption of the mine causes the corruption of the entire environment. Then the group switched to a more joyous message. They carol caroled about the beauties of the earth, the sweet water, and the snow-capped mountains. They sang of the love of God and the overriding beauty of the creation and for those who accept love in their heart. And next they chorused about the heaven and the wonderful expanse of new colors and beauty which awaited them, all made ready by Christ, who loved each and every one of the tired, downtrodden workers. In the group of high spirits, who was 15 in number, with the leader and two sections of seven kept singing as the slaves left their posts and climbed towards the glorious sound. So all these people in the mines were started dropping their picks and shovels and just going towards that music, right? When at last, and they were all started, the vast empty chamber was starting to fill fast with, with people from the mines. And then one slave came to them and kneeled before them and said, Amen. And the slaves gathered around the group of bright-loving angels, and the leader spoke to them. He says, And now, and you, my brothers, come your ways into the city, and heed none who shall threaten you with the displeasure of the chief, for he is your Lord no longer. But you shall learn the service of a brighter Lord, and wear his livery anon, when you have progressed to be so worthy. But now have not any fear, except to mark our word and to obey. For the chief of this place comes, and we must reckon first with him before your way hence shall be clear. So, these 15, these 15 high spirits, absolutely no fear. Why don't they have fear of being down in lower zones, completely outnumbered and surrounded? Because they are so superior that any battle that they would have with lower spirit would be like an elephant and an ant. And you'll see as this comes. So the, the chief came and he towered over this. He was huge because his mind, right? He was huge. He was, he was he was more than half again the height of, of his other his other minions. And his shoulders were not straight but bent and he he had a sword on his side and he and the, the chief came there and he says and, he, and the, the the chief said, you know, what's what's going on here? And they, they all made a space for him and, he, and his his left hand held a heavy, cruel looking whip with many lashes. He had a sword and, and a whip. And he hesitated now to speak. And he saw, you know, he saw the spirits. And he, 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 he was silent. And he, for he was only used for a long time to speak with authority in the manner of a bully. And he lacked the courage. He, was, he didn't have enough courage to speak to, the, speak to the high spirits. For they were just sitting there just looking at him, right? No fear whatsoever. And, and he noticed. But the not, then the high spirit noticed that behind the chief, was the captain of the guards. He was had two men around him, and they put him in chains. Right? They had him. They had him fastened around his his his, uh, his arms, held in place. And therefore, the high spirit, the leader of the high spirit, says, "Okay." He saw this. He stepped forward very quickly. He went by the chief, and then the high spirit. All he did 
was touch the sword on the that the chief was wearing. And the sword disintegrated. It just touched the blade and it just disappeared. And he said, Loose that man and set him and set him free. That's the power of our spirit. He just dis- completely through the mind of you know the, for his will, his will is so powerful, he's just completely made the sword disappear. Now this is even more fantastic than anything you can see that we see in any fantasy books or science fiction. This is this is the power of the Holy Spirit because their mind can affect matter. Right? His thought is action in the spirit world. Now think about this. This is why we're going through our time on earth is so we learn to control our thoughts and control our emotions. So after this happened, then the chief just just got so mad he tried to raise a sword up on him, but then all he had was just was just this the handle, right? And then of course then all the other slaves started laughing. And this made him even mad. And then, then he finally settled down. He goes, okay, okay, you I recognize, okay, you're superior to me. I recognize it. Look, we can let these slaves go, but will you follow me? You can wait in my castle while the slaves gather in the um, in the square. And he says, okay. So they they went with him. Oh, I missed the. There we go. I'm back on. It must have been some sort of little connection problem there. So, what happened then is they, the, the spirits went with him to his castle. And this is where it gets even more interesting because the, the, the chief lord of the city thought he was really smart. And, but he also knew that he had no power, he had absolutely no power over these high spirits. And this is the, the whole leader of the city. So they follow him out of the mines, and, and then all the slaves of the mine, uh, from the mines, people started gathering in the main square. And the, uh, the chief said, the leader of the, the high square said, the captain said, look, go take everybody in the middle of the city. You be there. You get ready. Uh, mix with the crowd. Tell them the directive of what they want them to do. Tell them to go talk, and go out through the city. Tell their friends. Anyone who wants to be free, come to the city square. We'll lead you all there while we're at the chief's castle. So that's, that's what happened. And he said, I told them they should separate themselves, each from the others, and go through the city to those houses and dens which they knew best and best were known, and tell the news and bring forth those who would come with them to the square of the principal gate where we would meet with them. So they began to leave us, and they went. And as they went, the chief addressed himself to us. And this is what the chief says. Well, if it pleases you, gentlemen, you have honored us with your coming amongst us. I would have you consort with me to my house while these go to the gather of their friends. And may be chance or be blessed and sued to my household also from your presence. So the chief, thinking he's smart, is taking him to, to his castle. And so what happened is very interesting. So they went into the castle and they went into this chamber room. And then the chief... And they went beyond, they went to beyond the throne room into another room. And the chief says, okay, I'll be back here in a second. And he went to another door. And the, and the spirits could hear that door lock. And then the door behind him could hear that door also be locked. So here we have 
15 spirits were now locked in a room. And the chief of the city thought, okay, I've got these guys trapped. They can't, you know, get through stone walls. So this is what the high spirit said. This is what he told Reverend G. Bowen. He goes, you of earth would think that some, at least of these 14, would be fearful or hurt at such a pass as this. But you must know that only those who are sent on such missions as this of ours into regions such as these, who by long training have become strangers quite to fear, and who are strong to will the almighty power of good, with skill so unfailing and sure, no evil can withstand it and go escape with We know what we should do without counsel or discourse. They knew exactly what they were going to do. So we took hands of one another, lifted ourselves to the light and life of our normal environment, because these high spirits are, are made of less matter and more energy, whereas the people in the lower zone, the lower you go, is more matter and less energy. And the only reason the people in the lower zone could even see them is because they willed themselves to be, to be more physically dense. Otherwise, they could walk through the city and no one even notice their presence. So all they did is they said, okay, let's just become less dense. And they walked right through the walls. And they showed up in the square at the principal gate. What happens afterwards, interesting. So then the dark lord of the city, they gathered his retainers in the throne room. They said, okay, look, I've got all these prisoners. And when the bolted door was open and no high spirit was there, all his court, they laughed at him. And he dissolved in defeat. And that's, that's what life is like in an environment of cruelty. Every weakness is ridiculed, and whenever an opportunity to meet another presents itself, it is never missed. Think about that. So what they did is they got all of these people in the, in the square, and then he led, and he led all the newly free people to a new locations, some distance from the city of the mines, and the population that escaped from their old bonds were 144,000. Why that number is significant, and, and in what manner, wasn't known yet to the high spirit. They didn't understand why there was exactly 144,000, and that's the way that, you know, spirit, the spirit realm works. It's just like there's numbers and, and these things, but there's always a reason, but we may not understand them. So, what happened to those things? Well, and, and also, uh, he told the, the high spirit, said, you're wondering, to G. Bowen, goes, what, what are the numbers? Is anything in con- contact with those of John's redeemed, right? Remember, in the vision of the apocalypse, John's was 144,000. He goes, no, not explicitly, at least. Implicitly, there is a reason. The reason will work out in future development of that company, who will form of themselves hereafter a new and self-contained department in heaven. Not a new heaven, but a new heavenly department. So, there's a group that, res- that rescued the souls or high spirits to us, but there are more exalted levels which send down commands from our vantage points, peering into the levels of heaven as if through a veil of heavy cloth. We can only see hints of what actually occurs. Hence, like as a child sees their parents, who appears to be a huge creature from their vantage points, point, Spirits higher in the hierarchy seem like brilliant and magical angels. Nevertheless, we must keep in mind there are many levels above them, and they have told us this is so. So hence the spirits were sent on a mission. They knew their immediate goal, but didn't understand the ultimate destination or reason for the huge escape of so many lower spirits. Unlike we on earth who question orders from above, dissect them, and usually find them to be full of folly, in the spirit universe, 
orders from beyond and above have trickled down from God and are part of an overall plan that could span millions, if not billions, of years. Through experience, higher spirits, while questioning the reason for their task, most often later realize the supreme wisdom of what they had done. And the leader of the spirit group later visited the city, and he found the leader of the new city, whom he called Barnabas, to be a most loving person, but he, he was lacking kind of a drive for organization. And so what they did is they used the organizational abilities of the captain of the guard, the one who actually greatly assisted the spirits when they first entered the city, to help Barnabas and be a little bit more organized. And therefore, the two of them actually were, ended up running the city in the lower zone. So the, now the other thing was, is interesting is, was the city attacked by other forces within the lower zone? And keep in mind, the lower zone, also called the Umbral, in Portuguese, is where souls live who have not yet ascended to heaven, and therefore they don't let themselves be free of material bonds and lesser emotions. And there's, people are attacked in the lower zone. So the spirits told them what occurred. Those, at first, they were much hindered and much vexed by surrounding tribes who came and finding what was on hand there in their midst, and their own insulted the people and departed. But they reported to other tribes, and many an assault was made on parties of workers as opportunity was found. But then these minor attacks ceased for a long period. But the captain, was, who was regaining his one-time alertness and ability, had his watchers posted on the outlying hillocks and in watch houses all around. And from these he knew that a battle was impending, for the tribes were gathering a large army and drilling their soldiers, with much display and talk of glory as their manners go in those regions of false reality. So the group were words. So, but in the in the in all the time, the people grew in strength in the city, and also in brightness. And when the attack came, they were able to easily beat off their foemen because they were becoming superior spirits, and superior spirits have stronger will. And it's a very long and bitter battle of forces, but they won. And as they were bound by their destiny to win, what strange it may sound to you, and the paradox was a real and strenuous fight, what helped them greatly was their increased luster of person and atmosphere. This was very painful to their adversaries who were still immersed in their darkened condition. Remember we talked about when a high spirit touches a lower spirit, they feel the agony of that, that good void of goodness being filled in their body. Again, these people are not as high, but still their superiority enabled them to defeat. So attacks, this is what's interesting about the lower zone. There's attacks, there's armies, there's systems of defenses and training troops. It's all on a different plane. It's all fantastic, is it not? And that's th- this is the reality of the spirit universe, the one that fall around our, our earth. It is layered in what is best to teach and train every type of spirit. Everything the spirit realm does is there to teach us. And it looks very... It appears punitive. It looks like, oh, you're sent to lower zone because you want to be punished. Well, no. It's like the captain of the guard. He was sent to lower zone because he he was cruel probably in his life. And he went down into that city of the mines where he could experience cruelty 24 hours a day. And then he said, I don't want this anymore. I'm not going to be cruel to others anymore because I see what that's done to me. That is what lower zone is for. It is It is to really ring out that. And that's what life on earth is for, is to ring out those bad characteristics. The spirit, spirits tell us that life on earth is like a kiln, right? We have to go through the white heat to burn out the bad parts of our character. Because why? Why? Because 
They want us to have pure mind and pure thoughts. Not we don't have to be perfect, right? But we have to learn to have think good thoughts in even the most adverse situations. Because in the spirit realm, as you go higher in our heaven, thought is action. You can think and you can harm someone. If you were someone just like me who had, you know, a novice and couldn't control their minds, like I still can't today, I try, I'm trying, you wouldn't want me up there and have that much power. No, you have to be trained. That's what we're here. We're on earth to be trained. That's why it's worth going through pain. That's why it's worth, it's worth denying yourself things, right? Don't, don't get that, that extra money or piece of luxury if you have to cheat someone or take advantage of someone. You know, if you earn your money honestly, that's perfect. There's no wrong in having wealth and having luxury around yourself if it's all honorably got. But when it's dishonorably achieved, then that wealth is not going to help you. And that's not wealth. Any, any type of temporary luxury you have in this life will not be worth what you have to pay. And ad- adversely, anything you do to help yourself and your, your spirit become greater in love, and kindness, fraternity, and honesty will be paid a hundredfold in the spirit world. So that's the story of the mind. And in fact, this is also also backed up by other books, uh, again, as I was talking about, uh, Francisco C. Xavier, I have that in the, in the bottom, is um, where there's, he talks about, and he, of course, he, he wrote his books in the 19, from about the 1940s onwards, all the way up through, I think, until he, almost before he died in the year uh, 2002. And before that, he kind of stopped as he got older. But again, he reiterated the same thing that was said by the Reverend G. Owen, who had his messages in the 1910s uh, and, and into the 20s, that the highs that in the lower zone was organized, and that's that. And it's, it's sad because you'll read stories about uh, people passing on, and then if they didn't live a good life, now usually. If you led a good life, you would have spirit helpers help you withdraw from your body and they'd take you to a place where you can rest and kind of recuperate. Because they say that when you die, it's almost like being born. It's, a, it's, it's an arduous experience because when you, when you get rid of this physical body, your spirit and your parispirit connects from your spirit to your body. This connects from your physical body and your physical body then can, can go back into, uh, into the elements. But... If you were not uh, of high enough stature to go into one of the levels of heaven, again, you don't have to be perfect at all. Don't, don't think that. You are on your own when you pass on. And there's other spirits in the lower zone who will take advantage of you and then lead you to places. And it's not nice, right? It, it, it's not a nice place, and it's unfortunate. And that's why, you know, you don't ever want that to happen. So, anyway, so the... Xavier also wrote about, uh, in, under the least series of books, where people went through cities and they were attacked by other cities. So it shows you that lower zone is organized. There's, there's a lot going on uh, in there. So eventually the city, so the high spirit talked about the city and said, eventually said, look, they were in this area. They were kind of close to the old city. They were being attacked, but they brought off the attack. 
but eventually the city ascended. He said that the city, now this is the thing to remember, right? This is the law of affinity. As the people in the city became better and better people, the city itself moved up everything. They didn't kind of realize that, but it did. It, 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 it moved everything up. So then for the landscape became different. People, people can see. It's, it's like nothing can explain the plasticity of the spirit realm better than example of that whole colony slowly elevating to the level of their collective spirituality. And the spirit realm created by God is governed by a set of divine laws, more aptly described as like divine programming, whereas everything in the spirit realm and in our universe is created, maintained, and modified by force of will, either directly by God or his coterie of high spirits who implements his his commands. And this is why, even as, as spirits go from level of heaven to heaven, you don't you're not the same, you know, physical spirit. You actually modify yourself. You become less matter and more energy as you go higher and higher in the spirit realm. And that is why when people have near-death experiences and they see, you know, they'll see their Uncle Joe and their Aunt Mary, who will look like, almost like them, but then they'll see this bright object, right? Well, that's not, that person's bright because of their more energy and that energy and that because they're a higher level of spirit. And really that brightness is a reflection of the love from them. And that's why they're bright and you can't see them. Now, if they were on the same level as that bright spirit, they would look like a normal person because your eyes are attuned to that. But that just shows you the spirit of this. Everything is, is, in, is in here. It's, but it's, there's many people who will say that the spirit world, that when you die, you create your own heaven, you create your own universe. Well, I understand why they say that, and it's partially correct. But what happens is there's a collective mindset, and thoughts go through to you, and you become part of a collective. But you become part of the collective where you belong. And therefore, the city where they became much better people, they just started rising up into a different plane, even though they never physically went anywhere. But because it's all a logical construct, they appeared at a higher level. Now, I know that's not easy, easy to think about, but that is why, that is why Spiritism came. So Spiritism, Spiritism, Spiritists call it the third revelation. And it was brought to us in 1850 by Alan Kardec. And let me write this down here. And you can find you can find his books in PDF form. And I would recommend you can get you can get this on the EDI um, website. Alan Kardec, the spiritual, he, he was, he was not a medium. And so what he did is he was at these meetings where there's meetings. And the spirits, at first it was like a big, you know, parlor game or whatever. But then everything became more serious when he was there. And then he started thinking, well, there might be something to this. This may not be just kind of our collective imagination. So he, he put a series, I think, of 1,019 questions. And what he did... He didn't just he didn't just ask you know one medium. He's used various mediums throughout all of Europe, asking the same question. And he didn't use the answer in his spirits book unless he had 
the same or similar answer from different mediums who had known nothing about each other. And what it was told to us is that this third revelation is the answer that was given to us by, uh, in the Bible when, when Jesus said that in my time a consoler will come, a consoler will come and tell you more, the, the spirit of truth. And that's why Jeeval, uh, Alan Kardec communicated under the aspects of the spirit of truth, and Alan Kardec's called the, the codifier of spiritism. But the spirit of truth sent us all of this. And it's not just from one spirit. It's from many spirits communicating to many mediums and telling us all about heaven and life in heaven. And, so, and then he wrote other books, you know, Heaven and Hell, The Gospel According to Spiritism, which is a, another great book. And then it's never stopped. So what spirits tell us, and spiritism codifies this, is that the messages of love and compassion in the Old Testament and the New Testament are eternal. But almost everything else, let's say the world was made in six days, etc., is that they can only communicate to the people at the level of their culture and technology at the time. That's why people shouldn't look at the Bible, the Old or New Testament, as this static thing. No, it's supposed to be dynamic because as we learn more and more, they're going to tell us more. That's what Alan Kardec did. And we've told more. We've told more by authors such as Leon Gaudi, Chico Xavier, Yvonne Piera, Devaldo Franco, that spirits will talk to these spiritist mediums, G. Owen, and communicate to them, look, there's more information about the spirit realm. Why? Because we are now, we now live on a planet of atonement, meaning we all have to pay for karma, right? We all have these dramatic episodes, me included, of course. We have to learn the hard way. But we will eventually come to a plan of regeneration where we won't have to pay that much, you know, be less hate, envy, jealousy, wars, etc. We will come to a better place. We will come to a true paradise on earth. And we'll keep going up from there. But that is what we're doing now. And so the spirit world is telling us things for us to have a collective vibration and harmony throughout the earth, so we can be prepared to rise, just like that city of the mines, right? This is the analogy, the city of the mines itself, where these people, when they became better, it rose into heaven. So will earth. Earth will then transform itself from a plan of atonement to a plan of regeneration, where we will live longer, healthier lives. We won't have to pay for past deeds. We'll have more freedom of action uh, in our physical life. And in the spirit world, we'll all be in different levels of heaven. That is the main thing that you should know, is that this is why we are being told these things. Oh, I've got a, a person on the phone. Let's see. Hello, did you have any questions or are you uh, just listening? Okay. Hello? I'll go back. Probably just a lot of people will call in and they just listen. And actually, this will be the last time I use uh, the Blog Talk Radio. What we'll be doing in the future is just doing the live streaming. So if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, please go to the Spiritism and the Spirit Book, uh, the Spirit World around us, or Kardec Radio. Please um, download that app on your iPhone or your uh, Android phone. 
that you can listen 24 hours a day. There's always great programs by many speakers. And so load that on your phone or, or look at us live streaming and then add your comments. Uh, ask me questions as I'm talking and add your comments and your questions because we always love to have questions. But I did use the Block Talk Radio, I think, I think it's the last time, September. For some reason, it was still working. I thought we were done in September, but it's still going on, so I decided to use it. Because I heard other people say, I couldn't, couldn't hear you. But um, so now I just want to make sure everybody knows is that please go to Kardec Radio or uh, the Facebook group, Spiritism and Spirit World Around Us. We are on the air every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 uh, Central, Five Mountain, Four Pacific, and all the time zones around the world. So, I want to leave you with: please explore more about spiritism. And don't ha- I have people email me all the time, ask me questions. You can go. To, there's a contact page on my on my website, nwspiritism.com. Let me just write that down one more. Um, is that on my website? There's a contact, and believe me. I welcome people. I welcome people asking me questions. I uh, in I have can direct you to there's a PDF. All of Alan Kardec's books are in PDF. And in fact, on the website, uh, I have a spirit uh, Spiritism 101, the Third Revelation. And on Kindle, it's 99 cents. But in the in the Facebook group, Spiritism in the Spirit World Around Us, if you go to the file section, you can download it as a PDF for free. And I have other books. The books I've read are mostly a compilation. What I've done is I've taken the spirit literature in English, let's say, and I've made a book, The Case for Reincarnation, all about the process of reincarnation on many of the books done by uh, Chico Salvier in the Andre Louise series of books, uh, and then also some from uh, you know other spiritist authors, Leon Denis and uh, Yvonne Pierre, who's wonderful. Her book, Memories of Suicide, is just like one of the most fantastic books I have ever read. I recommend that to everyone. And I also have Explore Your Destiny talks about the level, you know, the spirit realm, the organization, the process. And because, look, what has what have we learned from different religions, right? Not just Christianity, uh, you know, Buddhism, but is they talk about heaven, but it's it's fuzzy, right? I mean, it's like you grow up and go, you know, what is exactly heaven? Spiritism is giving us what. Heaven now, not exactly. It's still like peering through a keyhole to figure out what all this means. And I'm sure some of the things I think I've said is probably incorrect. But the mundane secret of of really about us here on Earth are two things. One is we are who we are after we pass on, after we die. And the second is the spirit world is organized. It doesn't end. It's a lot like Earth in some ways. Otherwise, it's fantastic, right? Thought is action. But in some ways, it's organized. There's colleges. There's cities. There's people. There's work to be done. That is the reality of heaven. It's real. Look, I know in our culture, think it's think it's real. It's considered you're considered you know not too bright. Well, I've had experiences that to me prove that we don't know everything. And any good scientist will tell you we know much less than we think we know, right? The only thing we should know is we don't know. And if there is another world out there, and I don't blame anyone who thinks that I'm 
I'm full of it because I used to think the same way until I, I had things happen to me that forced me to rethink my ideas and think, oh, my heavens, life is predestined. And if life is predestined, there must be someone up there organizing everything. And that's how I found spiritism because there is someone up there organizing everything. We are immortal souls, and we do live life after life in our quest to become better spirits. We're kind of at the bottom rung. You know, we're in elementary school right now. Life will get better, the next life. So just keep doing the best you can. I want to thank everyone for being with me tonight. I really have enjoyed this talk and enjoyed everyone here. And I just want to thank uh, thank uh, all of you to, for listening to me today. And I, I would like you to please explore more about spiritism while you're here. I think it answers so many questions. It's helped me become more calm and and understanding of, of what's happening uh, around us. Go look at my blog, nwspiritism.com, and God bless all of you, and have a wonderful uh, rest of your weekend and, and night. Thank you. I would like to thank everyone, like to thank for, everyone listening for listening to our program, Ray Kardak Radio. Radio. And to and point, to you, in point you in the direction more information to find more information about the spirit world around us. You can visit my blog at www.nwspiritism.com. Again, that is www.nw, as in Northwest, spiritism.com. And if you are ever in the Northwest, I certainly would welcome to have you come to our meeting on Bainbridge Island near Seattle in the state of Washington. Many blessings to all of you, and please continue to explore spiritism and the spirit world around us.